Aloha. Welcome to the River Body. My name is Jen, and it is the season of the thinning veils. We are in, well, Halloween just passed, Samhain, the Day of the Dead, All Hallows' Eve, but that is the corridor we are in. We are, we are in tune and in touch with the ancestors. And I'm wondering if you all have been seeing the signals and the signs as well. I hopped on at this time because today I'd like to share, I'd like to share my mom's death story. My mom gained her angel wings this year. It's been the most transformative year of my life. And I just would like to share a little bit about our story because it's beautiful and profound. And I don't think that we talk enough about death in our society. And because of the time of year it is, it just feels really appropriate. So this time last year, um, no years in the throes of my mom dealing with uh, melanoma on her head um, that had entered into her lymph system. And we were going back and forth to Oahu and in and out of doctors here and lots of things falling through the cracks and mostly feeling extremely infuriated by a broken system. The lack of competence and care in the industry of our medical system is astounding. Um, I felt like every time we went into the doctor, everything was, I don't know. We don't know. Try this. And nobody really wanted to, I don't know, talk about anything other than the drugs that were possibilities, you know, nothing about, Hey, how are you doing? What's your diet? Like, what's your lifestyle? Are you stressed? Or do you have support? Or, you know, there's none of that in our system. And so my mom was having these just really challenging times with our system. And in her body, she was shutting down and going through the motions of, of dying. When your body starts letting go, you really start a whole process and it could take months. I mean, if you consider it takes nine months gestation to birth a baby, I think I would beg to say it might take that long to then leave the body once the process starts happening. And I believe that that process started happening for my mom around April, May of last year. What I want to talk about, though, is the point in which she finally decided that she was not going to proceed with any kind of treatment. It took months. It took six months from the time that she was diagnosed in order for her first treatment of immunotherapy to arrive. And that is because 
of just the broken system <laughs> that we have and the lack of doctors. We're on a small island, you know. Don't move to a small island if you need a lot of health care. You will not get it. Well, if you are in that Western medical system, um, it's very lacking here. And I would venture to say it's pretty lacking everywhere. Not the people, the system. Some of the people, but mostly the system. Anyway, by the time my mom got her immunotherapy, it was too little, too late. And I think the whole thing about how we treat cancer is kind of very barbaric. We either want to cut it out or burn it out with chemo, radiation, which is so hard on all of the body. It kills everything in the body. Um, and, you know, sometimes it works. I think what it does, it offers, you know, people maybe a little bit more longer of a life than they maybe would have had if they didn't get treatment, perhaps. Or it may take them out sooner than if they hadn't gotten the treatment. I mean, I know a lot of a lot of people that have gone through chemo and it's taken them out. You know, some people survive it, some people don't. Anyway, that's not what I want to talk about. <laughs> um, but by the time she got her one immunotherapy, it was too little, too late. And it was really hard on her system. And she was like, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to do that anymore. And when we told the doctors that, they were like, okay, then we will sign her up for hospice. And so the day that my mom signed up for hospice, it was exactly two weeks later that she left her body. So in that two weeks was the most incredible space and time. Death is so much like birth. It's just the same process in reverse. If you are blessed to live a long life and grow old to where your body is done, then it reverts. It reverts back to like being an infant until it goes back into the void. So um, I stayed with my mom. I was her primary caregiver during that time. And I felt like a midwife and a gatekeeper. I tended to her like I would an infant. And I held the door so that people could come in and out and be with her and say what they needed to say. And to have that process, to have that ability, to have that time is such a gift. Such a gift. When people die suddenly and unexpectedly, um, we don't necessarily have that. But when someone is slowly dying and there is time to come, it is so beautiful and potent and sacred and magic. I was in a different reality in those two weeks with her. I ate mostly kitchery. If you don't know what kitchery is, it's like Ayurvedic food, it's like monk food. It's like lentils and a grain with digestive spices because I couldn't 
think about food for myself. I didn't want to have to think about how to feed me and her. I just wanted simple nourishment. And for her, I, she just wanted roasted vegetables. I made so many roasted vegetables and she loved it every time. What are you going to make me? What's for dinner? <laughs> she would say for the first week. By the second week, it was less and less and the talking became less and less and the sleeping became more and more and the breathing became more labored. And she became more yellow as her liver was failing. But she never lost her sense of humor. No, no, that woman was funny until the end. I had um, gotten a meal for us one night while my dad was in town to see her. It was this beautiful meal made by a local man, or a man here that started in the pandemic making um, whole meals that he would deliver to your door. And this meal was special because it was all of his grandmother's favorite recipes and she had just passed. So we had this roast pork and I forget what else, but there was a chocolate cake with it. And that may have been one of the last foods that my mom ate. And when asked if she liked her chocolate cake, which was just maybe four days before she passed, with this crooked smile on her face, she says, Does a bear shit in the woods? (laughs) And, you know, that was my mom. Her last words was, Does a bear shit in the woods? And I love you. She just wanted us all to know that she loved us. And the fascinating thing about this whole process for me was how held I felt by India and this ancient religion or way of of being. Um, my brother arrived, he was reading the Bhagavad Gita and was super peaceful. And we all just kind of fell into this place of this is what's happening and it's okay and we're just going to love each other and support her and help her float out of this body and into the next realm. And while she was dying, I was watching a documentary on past lives. While I was watching that documentary, I was also reading a book called The Afterlife of Billy Fingers. And what was so fascinating, they both basically said the same same things. They're not even related, these two things, this documentary and this book. But the documentary basically was about past life regressions. And out of 7,000 people that have been past life regressed and interviewed, they all say the same thing. All of them say the same thing about the space in between. So the place we go in between lives, it is a real tangible place that they all experience that everybody experiences when they die. If somebody has died and come back to life, they'll tell you the same thing. It might be a little different for everybody, but the general space is the same. It's incredibly beautiful. It's incredibly loving. You're very comforted. You're surrounded by your soul family. There's life review, but there's no judgments. And then there's choice. You have a soul family. We create and decide what our next incarnation and life adventure is going to be and how we are going to support each other in that. 
And so when you're on this earth plane and you're with family or you meet somebody for the first time and you're like, I know you, it's because you know them from the space in between. You may not have met in this earth plane yet, but you have connection. You are family from the other side. Our souls are eternal. These bodies, temporary. So to watch my mom go through this process, we talked very openly while she was dying. One day we were talking about all the ways in which she should come, could come back. Like, mom, how do you, how do you want to manifest? How would you come visit us? What do you want to be? And she said, a bird. I was like, of course you want to be a bird. What kind of bird? She said, an eagle. I was like, yeah. She's like, they're so majestic. They can fly so high, so beautiful. And I said, yeah, that would be amazing. I won't see an eagle here because I'm in Hawaii. So you'll have to come another way for me, but. Um, and for that, she comes in the big moths. But two weeks after she died, I got a call from my brother, and he lives in Reno, Nevada. He said, Jen, you'd not believe we were in our garden, and this big, bald eagle flew from so far away, it made a beeline for our yard, and it flew around twice, flew circles overhead twice, and then flew away. And I was like, he's like, I've never seen one in the city, ever. And I was like, yep, there she is. (laughs) For me, she comes in the form of these big black witch moths. They're beautiful. Um, Last year when she was alive, uh, we had another friend of ours pass. And I had showed her a, a photo of this moth that had come and hung out in the eaves right above his photo that we had in our, in our kitchen window. And I was like, look, mom, Marcus came as a moth. And I showed her the picture. And so a week or two after I came home, after she passed, because I had stayed in the house for a while, when I did finally come home, I was home for one day and I looked, happened to just look up in the eve. And then the eve next to the one that I had shown her was this big, beautiful moth. And it had these silver threads that ran across the whole of it that looked like her hair. And I knew it was her beyond a shadow of a doubt. I was like, Hey mom. <laughs> right on. Um, and so I guess what I'm getting at and what I really want to convey is that, you know, in this time of year, especially when the veils are thin and our ancestors are with us, they are really with us. Like we have angels. Every one of us has angels all around us at all times. There's so much going on in the unseen, so far beyond our little human consciousness that is happening. So many different realities, so many earth planes. And it's so magical and profound. And I would just like to lessen the fear around death. I think that mainly, you know, that comes from believing that this is all that we have. This is the only life we get, which to me is absurd. Um, There's so many, we've had so many lives. We're going to have so many more. This, this is just this one manifestation, this one incarnation. We have all lived many times 
and we all are going to live many more times. And right now we are in probably the most magnificent time in history. So there's so many present on earth right now because there's this huge shift. It's a huge shift coming. We can all feel it. We've all been feeling it for a, a long time. Some of us our whole lives. And maybe we won't even get to fully see the reality of the shift that's coming in our lifetime. But we know that we are on the precipice of a, of a new world and a new beginning. I believe that beyond a shadow of a doubt. And especially this year, I've, this is the first year that I've had anybody really close to me pass to the other side. I've made it to 48 years of life hardly with anybody close to me passing. And I feel more than ever the presence of angels and the potency of the, of the other side. It's very present. It's always present. And we can tap into it anytime we want with our prayer and with our hearts and with our thoughts and with our asking. All we need to do is ask out loud. It's in the asking. It's in the vibration of the voice. It's in the vibration of the sounds that titillate the atmosphere and the energies of all the unseen worlds as well. Okay, that was a really little strange distraction because they heard voices outside, but... Anyway, yeah, can we just lessen the fear around death? What if what if we spent our life living to prepare for what comes next? I don't know. What would that look like? What if we what if we all really believed and knew that when we lost someone we love in the flesh that they are still extremely present, just not in the flesh. <laughs> they might be right there. We just can't touch them. But if we can tune in and learn how to communicate, which is just dropping into your heart space and saying hello out loud, they are always right there. We may not recognize the signs right away, or we may, or we might. Maybe the butterfly will come and land on you. Maybe it's a fly. Maybe it's a moth. Maybe it'll be a bird in the yard. I I really believe that the spirit world can enter the winged creatures easily. Um, they have short lifespans and they can hop in and out, maybe. That's my theory. I don't know. Yeah. Mom, I just want to honor... My mom, she was a strong, beautiful, mm, funny, loving. She was so loving. My mom was so loving. And she just wanted everybody to know how much she loved them. That's what she needed to make sure of before she passed, was that everybody was okay and that they all knew how much she loved them. And I pray that anyone that knows her, any of her family members, 
can still feel her love and still touch in and communicate with her because I do all the time and she's very present in my life in so many ways. Almost daily, I am in awe and blown away by how present she still is in my life. And it doesn't mean that I don't grieve because I do. And you never know when those waves of grief are going to hit you. But the thing about grief and crying and feeling all those feelings is that that is life. That is what it feels like to be alive is to have emotions and to let them flow and run through your body and not contain them. Don't try to stuff them or pretend that they're not there. It's honor them. Honor your tears. They are beautiful. It's your life waters going back to the earth and to the atmosphere when they pour out of your body, be it sweat, tears, urine, any of your waters, when they shed from you, you are back in the reciprocity or you're in the cyclical system of, of life, of life-giving waters, the given and the receive, and the ebb, and the flow. And when we die, when we are old, when we grow old, and we get to pass on from our earthly lives, our rivers dry up. It's why we get dry, and why often we turn yellow. Like when a plant dies, it turns yellow, and then brown to dust. Our bodies are the same. And it's not a scary process. It's something to be held and honored. And it's so sacred. And if you, any of you ever get the opportunity to sit with your loved ones as they cross over, do it. Don't be afraid. Be right there. Be present in the room. Be as present as you can be in the love Be in love and feel the magic of life because in those moments, it is the most profound. The last thing I will share since we are talking about our ancestors, I have, oops, Let me find it real fast. Hold on one second. I have this really cool writing. Let me find Sorry, that took a minute. I have with me a book of my ancestors. I am my grandmother, Nona. She passed before I was born. And she loved to collect poetry and writings and things. And I have a book of her things. I have a book of when she came um, on vacation to Hawaii in the 70s. Probably why I ended up here. I had the draw to come to Hawaii from the time I was very little. And... I used to wonder why, but now I know that it's because my grandmother 
always had a drive to come to Hawaii and she made it. And I think she probably fell really in love with it. And she died before I was born. And so I don't know if I'm her reincarnated or not. Although I used to say things to my mom, like, well, you know, when I was the mom and you were the girl, um, and that used to trip her out. Cause I was like two or three when I would say that, but this is what I want to share from her. It's something that she pulled out. I don't know when, well, I guess it was written in 1926, but this is what I will share from my ancestors to all of you in this time of the thinning veils. Remember this, be good, but not too good. A little naughty, but not too naughty. Say a prayer if you feel that way. Say damn if it gives you consolation. Be kind to the world always, if possible. Yet, if you must be unkind, smash right and left, get it over, and forget it. Smile. Always smile. Have a smile ready, even though sometimes it hurts. Grab all the happiness you can, wherever and whenever you can. Don't let even a wee bit slip past you. Live. Above all things, live. Don't simply exist. If you are blessed enough to know what real love is, love with all your heart, soul, and body. Live your life so that at any hour, you will always be able to shake hands with yourself and try to accomplish at least one thing worthwhile each day. Then when your nights come, you will be able to pull up the covers and say to yourself, I have done my best. That was written by F. Collins Wildman, and it's something she pulled out of somewhere with the date of 1926 on it. I just love that. One other thing she has here that I set aside says, sometimes, sometimes if times are hard and you feel blue, think of others worrying too. Just because your trials are many, don't think the rest of us haven't any. Life is made up of smiles and tears, joys and sorrows mixed with tears. And though to us it seems one-sided, trouble is pretty well divided. If we could look in every heart, we'd find that each one has its part. And those who travel fortune's road sometimes carry the biggest load. So, from my ancestors, my home, and my heart to all of you, Blessed turning of the seasons, blessed wintering as we go into hibernation, into the underworld, into ourselves, into the darkness of winter. May we reap all the benefits from that dark, fertile soil. Many blessings until we meet again. <laughs>